live in Summerlin. It's Cofield and Company from the Rampart Race and Sportsbook. I got to calm down. Four o'clock hours here. I don't know if that promo is healthy for me. Me listening to myself scream about a lady vomiting at the game got me worked up. And then Justin Watkins is here. Me delving into the marriage of Tom Brady and Giselle gets me really worked up. And listen, we're all in relationships. We've all been in relationships. We know it's a compromise. You know, you see what's going on with this, right? Before we get to the big four. I mean, you see what's going on here where, you know, it's classic. You know, we got to we got to balance out responsibilities more, except that the one guy, you know, for him is on like not to be harsh is on like death doorstep when it comes to a football career. He's really not. He could play probably until he's 48. And then you've got your wife, you know, your partner's like, hey, you don't spend enough time here. Like, I'm playing football. Well, I mean, yeah, but she's made more money than he's made in their careers. That's number one. It's not about the money. No, no, but number two, it's, hey, we all knew this going in, but this is like 22 years later, bro. Like, we thought thought it was maybe 10 or 12. He's awesome. Huh? He's awesome. What what if she, what if there is a market for 73-year-old models 30 years from now and Giselle's like still humming along and Tom's like, I thought we were going to retire. Like, damn, you're so hot. It, it depends upon what the conversation was. I mean, if after year 13, it was like, hey, I'm going to do one more year. And she's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and there's <laughs> like, you know, nine straight years of that. And, you know, we don't, we don't know what conversations are going on behind the scenes. I mean, you don't know what promises have been made. you got to realize, I mean, something was, I, I, I would have to guess, some sort of promises were made for right. him to retire and then unretire. Like, Only take a week off during training camp, yeah. right, to appease her? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Does it does it also matter that, in her defense, they're super rich? So, like, unlike the rest of us, where you're like, "Hey, I got to keep working. I got to still, you know, make money. Like, I'm not done yet." In their case, she could be like, "Tom, how much money do we friggin' need?" Yeah, you're already the best that there ever was. How much more do you need to prove that? Now, I mean, maybe she doesn't know him that well. Maybe that's what. It's, he's not driven by any of those things, and that's how, what it always was, and it's been a point of confrontation their entire – I don't know. You know, I don't know people, but – I'm fascinated by it, though. I'm telling – And tell, it is my business. I'm tell, sounds. telling you right now, you, you, you get me the, the, the whale of the case in which Justin gets a, a fee of $100 million, you will not see me continue on in there. Dude, that's what I, I keep saying. Yeah, you, I don't need to prove anything to anybody. Like, I'm out. Isabel and I and my wife were talking about, like, like the Tom Holland kid, right, who's played Spider-Man. And he he's made like hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, but he's like he's gonna sign a new movie deal for this. I'm like, why? I'm done. <laughs> like if I hit it big one time, I'm out. Yeah. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at Four. Number four. All right, new feature on the show, Big Four at Four. It'll be every day at four o'clock. That's why it's called the Big Four at Four. Five o'clock will be a little bit different. Justin Watkins is here. Our ESPN Las Vegas. Legal Insider. I'm hoping, like, he's the voice of reason on the show. I'm hoping he gives Von Tobel a little advice here. Your Emmy note that you sent over, yeah, it's your face is very punchable right now. Why? Tell people what you said. Uh, Emmy ratings at an all-time low. I've never been interested in them. Why would I be? Okay. You, you, you sound like the typical, like, 50-plus sports radio guy. Okay. Sports, 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 sports. So, sports, wait, wait, hold sports, on. Sports. You're making a wild assumption that... My free time is spent just watching sports, 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 sports. I was watching a fantastic anime with my wife last night. Thank you very much. All right? All right. Now I'm going to have to come over the top. 
That's dorky. See, there we go. I can't make you happy. There's nothing. I just, I've never, I've never been interested in award shows like that. Sports-related ones as well. I just, you don't want to know what it is? I will admit it. It's jealousy. I don't want to watch rich people give other rich people fancy baubles and trinkets. Okay. I'm over it. All yeah. right. I, I, I'm actually with JVT on this <laughs> Thank one. I don't, I don't care, but I will put, give a disclaimer. I, by my very nature, am a hater. <laughs> so award, shares, award shows cut against my very nature, which is I, I'm full of hatred. Player haters ball. I yeah. watch a ton of TV. Yeah. So I watched most of these shows. So I have a general knowledge of the job being done. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be cheesy, and I do this all the time about these sorts of award shows. I am fascinated with super achievers. And, like, I'm not in that field, so to watch them talk about their craft, I find fascinating. They don't talk about their craft. And that's, you? You don't do another generalization. Oh, don't come do on, it. I'm gonna save you. I'm going to save you from doing it. It's an hour of coach speak, but for my yeah, actors. Exactly no, don't do right. It. Exactly right. Wow. It's it's 90 seconds of let me think everybody who ever existed, and then I'll get played off by the music. Right. They're not talking about what they put Stop. into that effort. It's not, it's, not every, it's not every speech. Well, and here's – you know what you know, my other thing is? So, like, for example – I've only watched one season of Better Call Saul, right? Yeah. But anybody I talk to says it's one of the greatest shows ever, even better than Breaking Bad. Hasn't it not won, like, a single Emmy? So what are they watching? Because well, that's they, the other the, part about But the this. thing is, if you know the competition, like, Outstanding Drama Series was Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, I haven't seen Severance yet, Squid Game was awesome, Stranger Things, not exactly my cup of tea, Yellow Jackets, I haven't watched, I heard it was awesome, Succession won. Like, there, there's 10 great shows in that category. But not one Emmy for anything? What has it been on? Six seasons? Yeah. I mean, close, but no cigar. You're yeah, getting stop. recognized. No, that's ridiculous. Um. Getting recognized. <laughs> the <laughs> thing about it is they can't even do anything entertaining in between. At least with the Grammys, you have some music performances and some collaborations that are no. new. And, and, you know, I mean, you, I can understand how somebody would want to watch the Grammys. The Emmys? Come on, man. Unless you got a rooting interest, unless my cousin's one of the writers for Ted Lasso, I'm, <laughs> I'm not watching, man. Number three. Dodgers do it again. Best team money can buy. Also a great organization. They clinch NL West. Well, I think they clinched that a while ago. Was that NL West or just the uh, NL West, right? Well, they did. Well, they, you saw the story, though, Well, they right? screwed yeah. it up two days ago, They screwed ago, it up right? two days ago. Yeah, they clinched it, but then it was actually, ah, our tiebreaker was wrong. You didn't clinch it, so they had to do it again. 98 and 43. They were in Zona. What do you guys think of the security guards with the Diamondbacks guarding the pool? Because when, uh, I think it was 2012, when the Dodgers won there or clinched there back in 12, they ran into the pool. Guard, well, the, you're going to guard the pool? It's silly. Well, and they brought it on themselves because before that happened in 2013, the Diamondbacks knew it was probably going to happen on their field. And so they asked the Dodgers beforehand, hey, please don't celebrate on the field. Like, come on. You have to be that big of babies that you can't let somebody, after a full season of efforts, win the division and have some celebration just because it happened on your home field. So they say, hey, please don't celebrate. And they go, okay. So they celebrate the clubhouse. But after, you know, after loosening it up a bit, a couple of the guys run out and go take a dip in the pool, which I think is an awesome thing to be able to promote about your field, you know. But – they're be I think they're being complete babies about it. I would love to see that confrontation. Yeah. The Dodgers just push it. But like, now nah, we're going to go in there. What are you going to do? What's the, what is that? What, what is that, by the way? What rule or law are you breaking there? Is that just well, trespassing? Well, trespassing. They, the Dodgers are going to be trespassing. Get out of here. <laughs> just go. You're going to charge all of the Dodgers. Everybody just jump in. And you know that the security guards, what are they really going to do? Can you imagine 
like a, a maximum anybody just getting tackled to the ground because he's trying to dive into the Diamondbacks pool. Oh, that'd be interesting. Be and then they're on the they're on the the injured list after that. Right. They pop their shoulder, getting pile driven down into the cement. I love it. Number two, Brett Favre allegations again. More troubles with state money. First, it was some sort of speaking engagement where they're you know they're asking for a refund on the money over and over and over again. Now this one, I mean they got some good. This was really good investigative reporting. Uh, apparently, he and the governor were in cahoots to redirect money to build a volleyball arena at Southern Miss. What are the details on this one? And there's text. I mean, it looks terrible. Oh, my gosh. It turns out that the $500,000 speaking was the most legitimate part of this story. I mean, it's way deeper than that. We've got we got them using welfare grant money to somehow divert through a nonprofit and spend $5 million on a Southern Mississippi volleyball complex arena, all at the behest of Brett Favre who has connected through this nonprofit through the governor. The governor has instructed the nonprofit to work with Brett Favre to make sure that he gets what he wants, that you know all the red tape is cut through for Brett Favre. <laughs> and so now you're dealing with the state institution, you're dealing with nonprofit, and you're dealing with the state welfare, all everybody basically acknowledging almost expressly in these texts that this isn't really how the money's supposed to be used, but I think we got a thread here that we could pull on and, and pull this off. Wow. It's crazy. On the uh, Shannon Sharp show with Skip, Sharp went crazy. You got to be a sorry mofo mm. to steal. Mississippi is the poorest state in our country. So if that a poorest state, Brett Favre is taken from the the uh, the, uh, uh, the underserved. You made a hundred plus million dollars in the NFL. And they're talking about what well, he didn't know. This is what Brett Favre takes. If you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much? So if you gotta ask your, if you gotta ask this question, is there any way the media can find out? You already know you're doing something wrong. Couldn't agree more. Goes back to the old adage my grandpa says, hey, if your actions were in the paper the next day, would you be proud of them or would you be ashamed of them? That's how you know right and wrong. Number one. Top story, Big Four at Four. New feature on the show, Big Four at Four. Justin Watkins, JBT. We're hanging out at the Rampart in the sportsbook. Let's play Nathaniel Hackett here yesterday. Second thoughts on going for that 64-yard field goal. Looking back at it, we definitely should have gone for it. One of those things, you look back at it and you say, of course we should go for it. We missed the field goal. But in that situation, we had a plan. I mean, we had a plan. We knew that the 46 was the mark. I like the moment of honesty. If it happens again, it'll come up. But now we can all move on from this. I like when a coach doesn't try to bullcrap us. Yeah, but he's still being stupid. He's being sarcastic. He doesn't even. He doesn't mean that. He's saying everybody who's challenging my call here is just playing results-oriented analysis. They're like, oh, of course we should have changed it because we missed the field goal. But we didn't know that before. What he's really saying is, yeah, dummies, if I would have made it, you would have said it was the right call. But thats I don't get to know what the result's going to be when I make the call. I don't think there's a single person that I see, that, that I speak to, and that I respect, that would have watched that field goal go through and I'm like, yeah, that was the right call. Okay. There, That was ridiculous. Yep. The clock management, and then he says in there, he sneaks it in, oh, we were looking for the 46. No, that's the bare minimum that you're looking for, right? You're not looking to give your kicker 
a 64-65 yard field goal to win the game. You're looking for a bare minimum. That shouldn't be your goal. That should be, again, the bare minimum. So for him to come out and say, ah, you know, the result, everybody's going to say because we miss it. No, it's the fact that you blew 30 seconds on the clock. It's the fact that your line of demarcation was a record-setting field goal, essentially. Those are the things that you need to shore up. And if he's going to be like this after the fact, I don't know if that's really a bright future for Denver when it comes to game management. Wow, going all in. Already worried. Think so. Look, I've used this phrase to you before, winning at the margins. You add wins at the margins. Coaches do that with their decisions, with their game planning, with their clock management. He did not do that. And listening to him talk here, it does not sound like he's willing to budge in the sense that actually reflecting on what went wrong in that process and saying this is what I'm going to do going forward to maximize our chances to win that game. Yeah, that's why I agree. He, he wasn't. He wasn't genuine when he says, like, right. we should have gone for it. Like, it was all about, you know, I'm going to cover up for it after the fact. It's all results-based analysis. You know, let's move on. Giveaway time. John will be much nicer, pleasant, always nice, grumpy, all attack mode right now. He's going to be at Crazy Horse 3 for the first of many after-game parties following the silver and black. Crazy Horse 3 is right there on Russell. You can't get closer. You walk right across the street, and they've got the after party going with beer specials. Here's the deal. We've got VIP packs. We'll give away one of them right now. Caller 7, 364-1100, If you're going to the game, even if you're not going to the game, you come down, crazy horse, you get admission, 4-4, a VIP table, a bucket of beer, you're set up, John is there. He's, I've never hung out with John at a gentleman's club, but I'm guaranteeing he's a lot of fun. But JVT will be manning the party for a few hours after the game, and you can get in as a VIP. Ari's going to hook you up right now. 364-1100. Brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers. 570-9000. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas Legal Insider. Justin Watkins to lay down the law. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Rampart Racing Sportsbook. Cofield and Company. Summerlin, stop on by. We got some goodies to give away. Justin Watkins is here. 5709000 is the number at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. I think you're introducing a new phone number soon. Let's what? let's wait. I haven't oh, memorized it yet. Oh, you can't do that. I haven't memorized it yet. Oh, well, it's going to be a... It's going to be a Nevada-wide because right. there's some big things going on with the Reno office of Battleborn Injury Alerts. Here at the Rampart on NFL Days, they've got $2 drafts, Bud Light, Mick Ultra, Golden Road wow, Mango Cart. Uh-oh, the SO is all over the Mango Cart. Might have to bring her by. Uh, bottles of beer during the NFL games, Bud, Bud Light, Mick Ultra, $3. And then Mondays and Thursdays, check that. Monday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Hello. They've got their hot dog house. Hot dog house here. John, are you a dog guy or not? I don't, dis- I don't dislike okay. them. Uh, plain hot dog, two twenty-five. And then they've got specialty dogs, the Wise Guy Dog, Texas Chili Dog, Chicago Dog, mm. Q Dog. Not Q Myers, Barbecue oh. Dog. Oh, okay. And German Shepherd Dog. I'll give out more details because I love nothing more than reading. Made out of German Shepherd dogs? It's like on-air pornography, food porn. I just love reading all the, the fixings on the hot dogs. Fired up. Fired up. Uh, we will get to put this on the tease board, everybody. 
We will get to Oregon State and Fresno because I was watching that game. That's coming up in 10 minutes. Oregon State, Pac-12 guy, Justin Watkins. But let's get to a really sad story, and it's another one of these workplace stories of some gross dude, and in this case a really rich gross dude, getting a penalty. Robert Sarver, the owner of the Suns and the Mercury, which I think adds even more to this for just lewd comments and behavior over the years. And a lot of people are looking at Adam Silver going, what did you do here? This is not enough. I don't think it is. I mean, so he gets, yeah, the one year, $10 million. And you listen to some of the accounts of, and the findings of the report. It's absolutely, I think it's ridiculous that this is all you get. Because as an owner, too, we're talking about a guy that's worth about, I think I looked it up, $880 million, somewhere in that range. So $10 million, kind of like a drop, not a drop in the bucket, but it's not going to kill you. And if you look at some of the things that were reported and investigated and found on at least five occasions, repeated the N-word when recounting the statements of others, engaged in instances of inequitable conduct toward female employees, made many sex-related comments at the workplace. One of those, by the way, when it came to the inequitable conduct toward female employees, made a pregnant woman cry because he allegedly told her that she wasn't going to be able to do her job well enough because she had to take care of the kid as opposed to, you know, work. So she, she freaked out, the shot, thought she was going to lose her job, and ended up crying in that instance. After he makes her cry, Justin allegedly goes on and says, why do women cry so much? Like he was, it, It's just such a ridiculous workplace. The instance where Draymond Green in a game against the Phoenix Suns repeatedly send the N-word, so he comes off of the floor, Sarver does, and asks, why can Draymond Green say the N-word and says it? One of his black coaches says, you can't say that. And he says, I can't say N-word. And he says it over and over again. Writes an email to the league with that word in there. Spells it out in a complaint about the officiating. I just, I am amazed by this sort of stuff every time. Because the great example is Ray Rice. In that, if we had video of any one of these instances, this would be something completely different than just accounts and stories and text as opposed to actually seeing these transpire. I don't think it would be any different because I don't think that any of the other owners or the commissioner have the ability to hold each other accountable. They don't have the desire to hold each other accountable yeah. because they don't want the mirror turned on them. And so each of these instances, they're all sort of like, hey, what can we get away with saying? Now, the $10 million fine and the one year is not the full extent of how this looks. Uh, there are some very significant things that happen otherwise, right? They have to have a – the team has to pay for outside counsel to monitor the workplace, check all their protocols, create new policies and procedures, create avenues by which these uh, complaints can be heard, and any complaints that are heard during this time get reported to the league whether before the investigation even happens. So there is a, a whole area of regulation and oversight that's going to occur during this year, and policies and procedures are going to be – um, put into place that is is going to be disruptive. Now, for us, disruptive in a good way, right? For the public, that's the disruption we want to see. For for an owner who wants to be able to run his business however he sees fit, going to be disruptive in what he thinks is a punitive way. So I just want to add that in there. It's not just the year suspension. It's basically the league is taking over the team for the year, and they're going to rebuild it in the way that they think is acceptable and then hand the keys back over, right? right. right? That's kind of what's happening here. Not exactly, but kind of. Um, you know, I, I tend to agree with you, John. It's like when you have a league that is at the height of diversity and has the greatest per- percentage of participation of black athletes of any other sport, 
and you have a league, the only professional league that has a women's league that is owned by the league, right. and you have somebody who is making comments that are derogatory towards black people, derogatory towards women, I don't really care how severe it would be in the common workplace. You know, this when recounting the statements of right. others is is a legal defense, right? That's that's when somebody comes in and says, hey, hostile work environment, you said this. Like, I didn't say that. Yep. Somebody else said that. And I said that they said that, which I was appalled at too. Like, why is he saying that? You know? Uh, and I wanted to make sure you knew what he said. That's a legal defense. It's not a moral defense. And, and, I don't, and what binds the, the owners together is not legal defenses. They can all get together and say, this is not the kind of owner we want and vote them out. They won't do that because then that owner is going to be like, oh, that's all it takes? Hold on. Let yeah. me go get my emails and let me go get my text and show you what the ownership really looks like. And, and my guess is the ownership of the NBA looks a lot like this owner. Yeah, I just I feel like when you – and I, I kind of get that too, right? Because if he put, fights this in any way and you get to, like, legal stuff and you get to discovery and then all of a sudden all these other owners are kind of on the chopping block to a certain extent. So you kind of understand it. I just – when you look at something like this, I just think it, it's a little hollow overall when you just see that. And I get it. They're going to run the – but that's not really a punishment overall. It's, hey, we're going to do your job for you, and then you can take it back over and we put everything in place and you still get to recoup the benefits of owning an, an NBA team. It's I, I just – it's a little hollow when it comes to the, the punishment for Sarver, in my opinion. It just depends on what your goal is. Is your goal to make the place better to work, or is your goal to hurt somebody else, yeah. right? Like, if they said, okay, you got to sell the team, and you have no idea who the new owner is going to be or if they're going to be any better, right? You don't know that. You can't tell that in interviews, right? And then you put all these people in a position that they may not even be getting into a better situation. Here... If your goal is, I want all the people who work for that organization to be put in the best place possible, this might be it. Justin Watkins, JVT, we're hanging out at the Rampart Sportsbook. We've got 90 minutes on the way. Great spot to stop by for happy hour, too. Hawthorne Grill and Jade both have a $5 happy hour that goes until 6 o'clock. So get on down here. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. Justin Watkins here. 570-9000 is the number. Here is Rampart Race and Sportsbook. One of our favorite spots in town. Clubhouse Deli's freaking awesome. Right now with your player's card, they got the uh, 1099 special on the crispy chicken. So take advantage of that crispy chicken sandwich with uh, soda and some chips. So one of the best delis in town. All right. Before we get to a couple of serious stories, I did want to mention to you, Oregon State football against Fresno. How much of the game did you watch? The whole, oh, come on. The whole okay. thing. First of all, I want your call because I know you like to wager a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think... With a little bit of confidence that Fresno is going to get beaten down pretty badly by USC if they can't pass protect more. Their game is built on getting the ball downfield and, and, and quick throws. Man, Hainer is on the run a lot. And, and you guys, Oregon State, got, got him on the run a ton in that game. I can only imagine what USC is going to do. 
I think that was the turning point of the game, right? I, I think if you looked at the totality of the game, most people would say Fresno State deserved to win that game, that they outplayed Oregon State for most of the game. I thought the difference was is that obviously our red zone defense was huge. Uh, Fresno State only converted on one red zone attempt, a bunch of field goals, one missed field goal. Um, so I thought that um, defensively, you know, we stood up when we needed to. But what really made the difference is in the second half, we were able to actually start applying some pressure. And Hayner's just a completely different quarterback when he's under pressure. When he's got time, I mean, he's like 85% accurate. But when he has to run and he has to roll out, move around, all of a sudden his passing numbers went down to the 50%, 60%. And, uh, you know, we had, a, we had a shot. We started getting some third downs. So, I mean, I, th- I, I thought Oregon State was lucky to escape with a win. I love the call to go for the win. Explain I, what happened at the end of the game. Oh, it was fun. So, uh, you, they get down to – there's 10 seconds left. Oregon State scores a touchdown. They win. They kick a field goal. They go to overtime. They're on about the 12-yard line. They throw a pass, uh, and there's pass interference called. Three seconds left in the game. They put the ball in the two-yard line. Um, I thought the whole time Jonathan Smith was going to go for it because that's that's oh, who, really? that's who he's been. Okay. He, he goes for fourth down often. He goes for the win. I thought I thought he was going to go for it. Um, it seemed to be him and Han about it, and he sent the field goal team out. Tedford calls a timeout. Yep. And in the timeout, he's like, "Eh, you know what? He throws the offense back in there. I'm going to go yep. for two. I'm going to go for not two. I'm going to go for the touchdown and yep. win." Uh, and brings Ted- in his wildcat guy. Tedford calls another timeout after okay. seeing the right. lineup. So now Tedford's got his personnel in. It's right. not like he was cut off guard. Right. Um, so I think it was the best against the best. It was the Wildcat with Coletto. Everybody knew the play that was going to happen, but that's they, the play they run. And Fresno didn't touch him. No. Nope. Well, right at the goal line he yeah. did. I mean, he was, he was around his waist. But, I mean, that's as, a good win. As an Oregon State fan, like, that's all I can ask for, right? Like, we go on the road, a quality opponent. We'll see how quality they are against USC. Um, I, I tend to agree with you. I think that they're probably going to get smoked. Um, but it, but if they don't, it's a close game. Then you might find me up in Corvallis the following week when USC goes to Oregon State. You know, if if they beat them seventy to two, I uh, probably won't make the flight up there. So, in any case, uh, I'm excited for Oregon State football. Uh, I was excited to see that fourth quarter because uh, it completed my my three teamer. I had oh, nice. the over in the game, uh, and it looked under the whole time until the, until the last you know. 10 minutes of the game. Justin Watkins helping us out here. Legal insider for ESPN Las Vegas. Last couple legal stories. One very serious, one not so serious. Um, what are the next steps here with Robert Tellis, this uh, Potts who is accused of uh, stabbing Jeff Gearman, the RJ reporter. Um, now I guess we've got more information that he had He had a very troubled past. There were other, other violent incidents that he was accused in. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we're now aware of uh, domestic violence, uh, battery charge uh, between he and his wife in 2020. Um, you know, the, the thing that strikes me most about this situation is there's not a lot of room for negotiation. They don't have an aggravating factor to ask for the death penalty. They can't. They don't have it. So the question is, like, I mean, what, what can they offer to avoid trial that's going to appease the public? I mean, life without parole, you know, life with parole in what, 30, 40 years? I mean, if if I'm telling us at that point, it's like, well, we might as well just go to the trial and see if you can prove it, you know? Like, it, you don't have the murder weapon. There's, you know, some of this stuff, some of this evidence I might be able to keep out. Like, 
The, how, how do you keep out the hat and the shoes that were cut up in his garbage? Yeah, that's tough, right? And the vehicle, right? And the matching of the vehicle. I, I think one of the things you might be able to, it, it depends on whether they get an expert, the analysis, all of our, you know, armchair quarterback analysis of the gate, the walk of the video versus the walk that we see of videos of TELUS. Um, if you have an expert that could say, yeah, that those are matched and why and all that, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you could get that because in the video from the day of the murder, the person's carrying stuff. And so your, your gate's not going to be the same. Um, but but the, the point is, is if you're not offering anything to avoid trial, what's he got to lose? I mean, it's beyond a reasonable doubt. Take my shot. But if you're giving me something that's worth considering, which is maybe like life with possibility of parole in 20 or 30 years, how's the public going to take that? They're not going to like that. Now, what I think of based on my past is if I was going up to this legislative session, I would maybe consider adding murder of journalists as an aggravating factor for asking for the death penalty. And, and let me just be clear. I'm not in favor of the death penalty. I do not believe the death penalty can be evenly applied. I do not believe it's constitutional, but it, it's here, it exists, and it's wildly popular in Nevada, even though nobody's going to get executed anytime soon. It is, it is polls popular. It is popular. And to the extent we're going to have it and we're going we're gonna to separate it based on aggravating factors, I think journalists need that kind of protection. I think they need the protections to be able to talk about the truth, of the matters to do investigative journalism. I mean, of course, I can't remove all risks associated with it, but if people know that if you kill a journalist, like if you kill a cop, you're going to get the death penalty, then maybe, maybe it detours somebody. Now, I'll tell you, the evidence says that it don't, won't deter anything, but you never know. Justin Watkins is with us. Much less serious story. You know, we were hooting and hollering yesterday about the behavior of the woman at a Bengals game, vomiting all over herself. There's a person in front of her with a neck brace on. Like, is there anything legally to someone just acting like an animal around you? Yeah, okay. of course. Yeah, number one, like, the vomit and the – I mean, I can't even watch this video. Like, I am not – I'm not a sympathy vomiter, but I cannot watch that video. It just – it sickens me at different levels than just the vomit, like – the existence of this person at this place in this time when it's like, how does the NFL allow fans like that to stick around? Does it matter legally that she's incredibly inebriated, probably doesn't even remember doing it or know what she's doing? No, you're responsible for your actions. So, so let's say in the vomit, you know, there's spray that, there was that gets onto the person. That's a battery, right? I I, I could sue for that. Now, does this lady have anything worth suing for? I don't know. Probably not, but can I go after the Bengals and the stadium people for allowing this person to continue to be present and and around other people? They're going to say, we didn't have any notice. We were unaware that she was going to be at this level at that time. And that may work for a little bit, but it, there's going to be some evidence somewhere along the way where it's like, hey, she went up and got chips and she went up there and got beers and she went up there and got hot dogs and she's stumbling around she walked by your security guy three times and you let her go back down there and sit down yeah you did this to me and so yeah i think there, there absolutely is legal recourse now whether or not it's it's worth pursuing would i do it would if that person came to me and said i want to i want to make this claim yeah i'd do it we saw a ton of fighting videos too yeah. fans fighting each other 
You just mentioned, you know, the, the NFL. Like, I wonder what responsibility at some point is on the NFL, is on the stadium, the team, security. How much are we going to let people drink at these games? I mean, the, the responsibility is theirs, okay. right? I mean, the responsibility to keep what are known as their invitees, the, the patrons of their event, to keep them safe from harm. They have to do it if they have reasonable notice of the potential danger. I mean, we all, I have such reasonable notice. I'm not taking my kids to a game. I'm not going to a game. That's how reasonable my notice is. Like, I don't go to NFL games anymore, it, in large part because of this kind of activity. Like, I, I'm not ready to have some of those conversations with my kid. I don't want my 12-year-old getting thrown up on. Like, like that's traumatic. And so um, I, I, think, I think they already are responsible. If if you get beat up at a game and you weren't the aggressor and you're just a bystander, you're collateral damage from a big brawl. I think you absolutely have a claim against the the stadium and the team for sure. It's gotten outrageous. Yep. Like I know I'm going to for sure as a fan to Raiders games. I'm going this weekend to the opener, and like I after watching it, not like I don't know these things happen, but after watching it, like I am going to have my head on the swivel, like just keeping an eye out, and that shouldn't be the way it is. Oh well, and I mean you should have your head on a swivel anyway because. There's people who pick NFL games to go to just so they can start stuff. You know, like I, I used to, in my younger years, I used to love to go to away games for, you know, I'm a Chargers fan for, for the Chargers or for Oregon State. I went to LSU. I went to, yeah, I went to all the bowl games that they went to for the entirety of the 2000s. Um, and there is a group of people who are always looking to start something, and that's their ground. That's their battlegrounds because they know they can get away with so much and have an excuse. They can have some pretext to start something that's based on my jersey. That being said, LSU fans were the best fans I've ever been around. Nice. 5709000, the number of Battleborn injury lawyers. Uh, Again, remind people, you got the Reno office up and running. Yeah, we're up and running. um, And should I give out the number now, or are you going to forget if we start next week? (laughs) <laughs> you tell me one time, I'll remember it. All right, 766-1400, anywhere in Nevada. 766-1400, anywhere that's in it. Nevada. That's it. <laughs> you don't have to memorize the anywhere in Nevada part. Yeah, oh, you do. Yeah, yeah you no, do. that's part of it. That's all. It. It. All anyway. right. You're the guy who makes all the uh, all the mentions of the phone number. I'm getting old. I can't remember. So we're going to have to have you on every Wednesday now, John. You're locked in. That's it. Ten yeah, years I mean, of saying five seven zero nine thousand, which that number still works. That okay. still works, but that's not available anywhere in Nevada. The other phone number, whatever area code you're in, you dial it, you get us. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting. Perfect time to bring in Dwayne Clucci, head of the book here. At Rampart. Dwayne, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on. I hope you're enjoying your time at the Rampart. Of course, of course. The Clubhouse Deli is calling me. Might have to get dinner on the way out. Um, all right, first of all, because you know we love talking food before we get to all the, uh, the betting stuff. Um, you got to explain to me, because I'm very juiced up about the hot dog house. What is happening? <laughs> Check it out. I mean, it's off the hook right off the bat. We, uh, you know, opening week, we had the hot dog, uh, you know, uh, cart going. 
We brought it back. Last year it was tacos, this year hot dogs, and we have different variations. You could definitely check out the menu. Uh, they're very reasonably priced, and they're very tasty. Now, the line wasn't as bad as South Point's, guys, but it was starting to get there right around kickoff. And, uh, you know, everybody wants to enjoy a hot dog near the game. Uh, you know, during the game, I should say, we have the deli in close proximity as well. They also have great specials, and we have a parlay card special that's affiliated with the deli that if you make a $50 parlay card, guys, you get your choice of chicken fingers, a burger, or a hot dog. So that's another great deal. All it is is a $50 parlay card, and you could also choose $5 off of our fabulous buffet, the only buffet in Summerlin. But the hot dog card is just a brought back added attraction. Uh, everybody was clamoring for it. And like I said, it's very successful and it's been very successful. We'll also have that going tomorrow night. Aloha night at the buffet, deli night at the buffet, prime rib dinner buffet. They got it all here at the Rampart. And uh, like Dwayne said, only buffet uh, running right now in Summerlin. All right. You sound like you're in a good mood. From what I understand, uh, I think most of the bookmakers, Dwayne, come on, be honest with us, you, you really did well on Saturday and Sunday this last week, did you not? Yeah, definitely. You guys could see the outcomes of these games, and there were a lot of upsets. There were a lot of teams that not only did not cover the spread, but they didn't win straight up. So now you're dabbling into taking down teasers, all parlays, money lines, etc. And teams like the Giants definitely, uh, you know, they helped us along the way as did the Chargers. Uh, you know, you would think that would be a two-sided action game, but now because of the Las Vegas Raiders and the popularity, the Chargers ended up helping us. Definitely the Bears. I mean, who, who was going to figure that they were going to win straight up? Yeah, they could compete because you had Lance out there in his first experience, the weather and all that, but the Bears were another great, great outcome. And, uh, you know, we've been uh, playing catch-up from baseball, guys. You know baseball has been tough on us bookmakers, so it was good to get a or have a good week two of college, week one of the NFL. And, yeah, we definitely made our money this weekend. Games this week, Thursday, Chiefs are up to four, four and a half against the Chargers. Where do you think that is going to land? Uh, let me tell you, that's going to be another great game. I think we're going to get some fabulous two-way action at the Rampart in South Thus far, the Chiefs are four because I believe they're 6-0 and in their last six matchups at home against divisional opponents. But this is a hybrid Charger team. They're built for the playoffs. Herbert is the new superstar at the quarterback position. You see how effective he was. He had the Raiders up against the ropes where they had to play catch-up. But Patrick Mahomes is a legend. I mean, look at how great this guy was. Five touchdown passes. He, he didn't miss a beat. He's got a new receiving core. It's well, uh, you know, definitely he's well acclimated with it from the preseason. I think we're going to get two-way action. I, I can't really see it getting past a four uh, number. I think it could get that down because of the Chargers' performance against the Raiders. I'm thinking some Charger money late, but two-way action on this game. It's hard to handicap. Uh, Dwayne, speaking of hard to handicap, injuries galore to key guys, New England and Pittsburgh. What's uh, a guy like T.J. Watt worth to a point spread? Well, you see how that defense, how successful it was with him in the game, and then he comes out of the game and Cincinnati's offense started to click. So we're already seeing the Patriots as a one-and-a-half point favorite at the Rampart and South Point. Total of 40-and-a-half. 
you know, definitely I think Watt is a significant factor on that defense, especially for a team that has Mitch Trubisky as their starting quarterback. You're definitely going to rely on the defense for some big stops. But the Patriot offense is yet to show they can move the ball. I mean, Mac Jones has a lot of pressure on him now. They're going to have to use, uh, you know, the three running back attack that they do have. I think Watt is a major factor. That's why you're seeing the Patriots as the favorite. And I think they will continue to take some Patriot money. The game opened that pick and it already has gone to Patriots minus one and a half. So I think we're going to get to about two, two and a half in that game. I can't see it getting to a key number, but Watt is a major factor, guys. Also major factor, Dak Prescott, this number moved pretty easily through seven to seven and a half. Where do you think this ends up? Because you talked about teasers in week one. I would assume that Cincinnati, money line teaser, it's going to be the top of everybody's list against Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. Yeah, and you see those videos of Chase, how he ate up digs, you know, the LSU-Alabama days. So a lot of people are feeling that, you know, this is going to be a lopsided affair. Joe Burrow is definitely hungry coming off that loss. Uh, you know, that was a special teams loss. The kicker lost that game, basically, for the Bengals. Uh, Cowboys, you know, Cooper Rush, they got to find somebody out there. Maybe making a move for Donald, uh, you know, if Dak Prescott is out that eight weeks that they're saying they said screws, a metal plate. They couldn't move the ball with Dak. So now you're looking at a lot of pressure with Ezekiel Elliott. You definitely have to have C.D. Lamb more of a factor. He was non-existent last game. Uh, seven and a half is, uh, you know, probably... Probably a peak number. It can't start getting to eight or nine. It's still the Cowboys at home. I think they do have a chance. The defense was very effective. Keep that in mind. Held Tampa to several field goals when they had the ball inside the 30 and 20. And that's holding Tom Brady down with a pretty good offense. So we're going to see how good the Bengals react after that loss to the Steelers going on the road. Definitely going to be a difficult cover for them laying in excess of a touchdown, but so far, one-way money, Bengal money at the Rampart. So you brought up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I thought it was like, it was an eh, okay performance against Dallas. They get the win, don't take advantage of a lot of opportunities given to them. Where do you think this number ends up with New Orleans and Tampa Bay? Because it's open three at a lot of spots, and you guys here at the Rampart in South Point, two and a half of the total of 44. Is this just going to pretty much sit there with altered juice at other spots? Yeah, I think it's going to stay under three just because of the track record that the Saints have had. Uh, you know, recently against this Tampa Bay team, very successful. And Jameis Winston riding high after that comeback win, 270 yards, two touchdowns. You know, they were spreading the ball around. They fell behind, but they had guys. So this same coach, a new attitude, they definitely could compete. Like you said, Tampa did not look all that effective. They weren't really punching the ball in, but never count Tom Brady out. Now he has a new weapon in Julio Jones. Fournette was in better shape than everybody thought. Everybody thought, oh, coming in, overweight, training camp. He was running the ball right down the Cowboys' throat. He was the major offensive asset. Evans is still there. Godwin is hurt again. What's new? So I think Tampa definitely could win this game, and they may even sneak out of cover despite recent history against New Orleans. And really quick, just to clarify, so this is pretty big for betters around town, South Point Rampart, no alter juice, right? Because uh, these numbers, and they're sitting at two and a half, you can come here, lay two and a half, minus 110, no minus three, even minus 120 nonsense. Yes, we never do that. We hang our hat on that. Chris Andrews, Jimmy Baccaro, myself, Vinny Maiulo, old school bookmaking, Steve and JVT. You know that. You guys are always at South Point and Rampart. We never hang that juice. Always on the NFL numbers. It's 110 at all times. We're never going to do that. 3 and 120 and even money. If we make that decision, that means we're going to stick with it. Minus 110. 
Dwayne, we appreciate you joining us. One more time, mention to the audience that doesn't know about the parlay card special. It's pretty cool, and uh, you know, not only do you get your bet in, but you get a bonus. Yeah, definitely a $50 parlay card, Steve. That's all it takes. Like I said, you get those special three items at the Clubhouse Deli or, or a $5 voucher for the buffet, the only buffet in Summerlin. The three food items are a cheeseburger, a hot dog, or chicken fingers, everybody's favorite. All you have to do is make a $50 parlay card, limit one ticket per day, but you could remember put one in Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and get a coupon each day. Have to use it within a week. The best deal in town, plus we got that $500 cash drawing. All you have to do is make a bet and have a rewards card. Make sure you swipe your card when you make a bet and you're entered into the Tuesday drawing, $500 cash prize, the number one prize. And I believe 1 o'clock winners are posted for that. You don't have to be present week to claim your prize. Dwayne, we appreciate it, and thank you very much for having us out here. It's been a pleasure these uh, couple of shows that we did. Thanks. Oh, always. Thank you, guys. It's a real pleasure. There he is. Dwayne Clucci, boss of the book here at Rampart, of course, affiliated with the South Point. Five o'clock hour on the way. We're going to try to track down Ron Woodson in the five hour.